show, email us your thoughts and opinions at twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook to access our listener polls. And follow at twistmyarmcast on Twitter. Listen for free on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And now, here's the host of the Twist My Arm Podcast. Allow myself to introduce myself. That was me in the intro. My name is Jesse, and this is the Twist My Arm Podcast. Josh is currently stuck in the water temple, but that doesn't mean that it's just me that you're hanging out with this week. I am forever graced by the presence of my lovely co-host, Joanna. And for this episode, she's going to be your co-host as well. Thank you for being here, Joe. How you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you for joining the show today. You are the best. Please keep in mind that this is my first time in the captain's chair, so to speak. So forgive me if this doesn't go as smoothly as it normally does. Before we get started, though, I do want to take a moment and let you know that you can now call and leave us a voicemail. Did you hate our last episode? What about the last poll that we ran? Did we even give you the options you were looking for? What's our deal? Call us up and tell us about it. We'd really like to hear from you. Our phone number is 508-93-TWIST. That's 508-938-9478. Almost as catchy as the theme song. Leave us a message and we'll play it on an upcoming show if, you know, it's not filled with profanity. Actually, maybe even if it is filled with profanity, we'll just put funny edits in there. All right, let's get down to twisty business with this week's Facebook poll. We went with, what is the most overrated band? All right, now, overrated is admittedly a pretty subjective term, so let me clarify just a little bit. We try to think of bands that are widely loved, but that we personally just can't stand, hoping to, you know, generate a lot of reaction and get people involved and we figured that the options that we were going to go with are going to be red hot chili peppers which was my idea nirvana which i think was a group idea rolling stones and apparently fish joanna if you had to guess which band would you say got the most votes i would hope the red hot chili peppers (laughs) thank you i agree now um i guess we should go through the actual results but First, I just want to say thank you to everybody who voted and shared this poll. We had 43 votes, which is the most we've had on one of our listener polls so far, and we really appreciate that, and we kind of couldn't do this whole segment without you guys, so thank you very much. We would love for you to keep you know, continuing to do that, and send us ideas for polls. If you have a poll that you know you, you want us to do, send it to us, and you know how to do that, so I'm not going to go back through that, but... Anyways, the results of the poll are the Red Hot Chili Peppers had eight votes, Nirvana had seven votes, the Rolling Stones had six votes, and Fish Fish had 22 votes. Who is that? Yeah, I, I that's kind of where I'm at. I know who Fish is, like, conceptually, right? I've seen the, you know, they're hippies and they play hippie music or you know hippie jazz of some kind but they're all about you know the the um 70s hippie like marijuana woodstock type culture i think i thought that was the grateful dead i think they're in the same vein then why don't we just have the grateful dead i don't know who this is i don't remember who suggested fish maybe that was josh or kylie but it was (laughs) i yeah i don't i mean okay so Clearly, people think this band is overrated, but I, 
I haven't heard somebody talk about fish in years. Joanna, you look like maybe you've never heard anybody talk about fish. <laughs> Ever. Huh. Well, I I mean, I've heard about the band, but I've never been accosted by like a fish fan. Like, oh my God, you don't listen to fish, man. You totally should. I, that's that's never happened to me personally. Ever in my life. So I, I, I suppose they could be overrated, but I, I just don't know. I, I've never heard somebody talk about them at all, let alone talk about them profusely or put them on a pedestal of any kind. I just... So obviously, I suggested Red Hot Chili Peppers, and that had the second most votes. So at least I can take some comfort, you know, knowing that people out there agree that they are definitely overrated. Um, I believe the point that Josh Ginsburg brought up on our Facebook page was that Fish is immensely talented as well as being part of a genre that's not necessarily mainstream and therefore deserves respect. Um, just from an outside perspective, I would agree with that because I, I don't know any Fish music. And again, I don't know that they're overrated because I... <laughs> I've already been over that, but it sounds like, you know, obviously all of these bands have reasons to be respected for their talent, but it sounds like for some reason that combination of non-mainstream genre and, you know, weird niche following means that Fish is the most overrated band on our Facebook poll. Um, Nirvana, I'm kind of surprised. I thought a lot of people would pick Nirvana because you always see the people, you always hear somebody when you bring up a Nirvana song is like, oh, you know, Kurt Cobain overrated and trying to be different. You know, they just want to be a contrarian and be edgy, things like that. So I figured there'd be a lot of votes on Nirvana. And I mean, it did come in third, but um, the Rolling Stones, I mean, I, I wouldn't call them overrated Personally, I would just say there's so much Rolling Stones that you're bound to not like some of it, I guess. I mean, they've been making music for, what, 40 or 50 years? So, I mean, I guess. I I, I really think that the Red Hot Chili Peppers should have won. <laughs> like, far and away, Red Hot Chili Peppers should have won. But you guys have spoken, and the answer is Fish. Fish is the most overrated band, apparently. Um, so <laughs> if you are a Fish fan, send me you know something letting me know why I should check Fish out. Um, I'm interested right now, but I wouldn't say that I'm intrigued enough to like go watch some Fish videos. So, you know, change my mind, twist my arm, see what you can do about that. And, you know, all you Nirvana and Chili Peppers fans out there, relax. We get it. We just used your bands because they would generate reaction and you know that so just relax we could have put any bands on here and we'll probably do another form of this poll at some point in the future but i mean you know for now thank you guys very much all 43 of you that voted we really appreciate that um let's go ahead and wrap up the discussion of this week's poll by you know issuing a rousing call to action We'd like your help to determine next week's poll topic, so please feel free to send any and all suggestions to any and all of our social media accounts. With that, let's take our break, and we'll come back with the quick twist, followed by this week's discussion topic, baseball. Surprise, it's me, Josh. I hope you are all enjoying listening to this week's episode featuring Jesse and Joanna. I'm just popping in to introduce the musical guest in between deaths in the Water Temple. Um, today we're featuring a song by the band Pulp. They were around in the 80s and 90s and broke up in 2002. Since then, haven't done much. Um, 
The only reason I know this song is because it was featured in an episode of Venture Brothers, which is a show that I highly recommend everybody check out. Um, this song was featured on the season four finale, I believe, is what it was. Anyway, let's get to it. The song's called Like a Friend by the band Pulp. I hope you all enjoy.
Welcome back, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed that little ditty because now it's time for the Quick Twist. Quick Twist is a nitpick shit fit on a topic we can cover quick. One topic per host, be it praise or roast. Send any topic suggestions to our Facebook page. And now for this week's Quick Twist. You may remember from last week's show that I am currently in the process of quitting smoking. And as a result, I have been looking for ways to stay occupied and distracted and you know, just not thinking about cravings and things like that. Um, I did go cold turkey. The first couple days were really painful, lots of headaches, things like that. Uh, but I'm trying to stay hydrated and distracted, like I said, and keeping myself busy. So to that end, I started recreating the paintings from the walls of the Enterprise D from the Star Trek The Next Generation, obviously, because I really like the way that that space in that show feels so realistically lived in. Everybody's quarters has their own painting and there's paintings in the observation lounge and in you know the bar 10 forward. So I just thought, what a cool way to connect something that I'm doing with something that I love. Um, the first painting that I'm working on is from, uh, in the first season, you can see it in probably the first two or three episodes of the first season in the Observation Lounge. It's on the wall behind Picard that eventually gets replaced by a screen. Um, but it's uh, it's basically a shot of Neptune from one of its moons. So there's like a nice uh, gray moon foreground and then the planet in the background. Um, obviously, since I finished it, we will put the picture of it up on our Facebook page. That way you don't have to listen to my description of it. You can just go look at it. Um, I, I'm pretty proud of it. I, I haven't been painting very long. I'm not very good. So this is probably the best piece that I have so far as far as what it was supposed to look like and what it ended up looking like. Um, so if you if you find yourself, you know, quitting smoking or find yourself wanting to paint more, you know, find some source like that. Find something that you're really into that you can spend a lot of time looking at you know, sitting down and looking at without getting bored of it, um, or, you know, without getting sick of your subject at hand. So, um, basically just find things to keep yourself occupied if you're going to quit smoking because it's, it's rough, but it's definitely worth it. And we believe in you and we know that you can do it too. So <laughs> I'm really just trying to shore up myself about that. So, um, Joanna, what is your quick twist for the week? If you listened to that last episode where Jesse talked about us having pop vinyls, we had just under 100. And after visiting Toys R Us and getting some totally not clearance prices, we're up to 110. Additions include Moon Knight, Mulan, Juggernaut, Green Lantern, Ryu, and Ken from Street Fighter, and Arnold from Hey Arnold which are also is Arnold Shortman. Yeah, I didn't know because well, his grandpa always calls him Shortman in the so show. So are, are we supposed to say Shortman or Shortman? Well, it's now I'm wondering if it's a joke in the show. Like his last name is Shortman and his grandpa calls him Shortman? Or is it they only did that because he doesn't have a last name? Well, they do never specify in the show. I believe that he had the has a last name they never say it weird anyways yeah the pop vinyl box says arnold shortman or shortman depending on how you would pronounce that that's a good point um we actually got a lot of other stuff from toys r us too though we also got that 
powdered toast man plushie and you got you got a couple things didn't you I got you a bunch of tiny little Star Trek square guys. Oh, little Star Trek beanbag characters, yep. And you got an Angelica who comes with her own Cynthia doll. And I got a gold Hello Kitty. Oh, right. So amongst the pop vinyls, there was a Figu Arts uh, Hello Kitty, some some kind of anniversary edition. It's like gold instead of pink, and obviously we're going to leave it in the box, but that was about three or four times more expensive than a pop vinyl, even though it's roughly the same size. But good collection piece there. Um, Yeah, so in case you haven't heard, Toys R Us is totally going out of business, and that means that sales are going to be getting better and better as time goes on. Um, Dip over there and get some toys if you need some toys. Buy Christmas presents for people for the next year. Buy birthday presents for the next year. Just get it out of the way. Don't do it yet. It is only at 10% off, at least at the one here. Yeah, check your local Toys R Us. Like, maybe drive past real slow and ask people outside, you know, like all shady. Hey, what's the what's the deals here? So um, if you get in trouble for doing that or, you know, somebody thinks you're doing a drug deal, it's not my fault. So be careful. But go to Toys R Us and get some toys. Everybody loves toys. Um, anything else for your quick twist this week? Our Silent Bob pop vinyl is worth a lot of more than I would have guessed. Oh, yeah. Really cool. Um, so there's an app. It's called Popspedia, I believe. And it tracks your pop vinyl collection for you. Every time you buy a new pop vinyl, it has a feature where you can scan the barcode. And then it will add that um, that pop vinyl figure to your list automatically. And then it keeps a running total for you of your collection, how many pieces are in it. And then the app also has features where um, users can buy and sell each other their pop vinyls. So based on the numbers that go down in those transactions for certain pieces, they give you a value of your collection. So, for example, our silent bob pop vinyl for some reason is worth like 70 to 75 dollars because they don't make it anymore and apparently you can't find it anywhere uh we bought it probably six years ago almost right when we started dating from 7-eleven it was just we had jay and silent bob sitting next to each other on a shelf so we we immediately bought them both um but apparently those ones are pretty hard to find and it's really cool if you collect pop vinyls go check it out it's a nice way to see you know a lot of money that you've spent over a long period of time. <laughs> um, um, other than that, I think we can use this as a segue to our main topic. Um, Joanna, you drafted your fantasy baseball team this weekend. How did you feel about your team after your draft? Good. Yes, good. Just good, not not great or amazing? so would you say who was your first round pick was Jose Altuve right right because I had the second pick oh man I hate in any fantasy draft I hate picking towards the front of the order you have to wait so long for your pick to come back honestly I felt like this was kind of my thing because every round I pretty much just went with one batter and one pitcher because I got the two basically at the same time Oh, right, because when it snake, the draft snakes back around, you get two picks very close together. So that makes sense. If you've never played 
fantasy baseball before. The way it works is a little different from fantasy football. Um, I'm sure there's many ways to play fantasy baseball, but the way that her league works is there are scoring categories. So batters have five categories of points that they can win in um, RBIs, uh, home runs, runs, stolen bases, things like that. And then pitchers also have categories that they can win in ERA, innings pitched, you know, things like that. So every week you change your lineup every day. And then at the end of that week, you play, you basically play the same opponent the whole week. And at the end of that week, whoever is winning more of those scoring categories wins the matchup. So you have to balance your roster between pitchers and batters. Um, Obviously, in real baseball, sometimes the pitchers do bat, but in fantasy baseball, you won't get those points on your batting team from your pitchers, even if they do bat. So, how long have you been playing fantasy baseball? This is my fourth year. And have you done pretty well so far? Do you always end up at the bottom of the league? How how are you generally as a player? It's literally different every year. So what was your best year ever, and then what was your worst year ever? My first year, I was in sixth place. I finished in sixth place. My second year, I finished in 18th out of 20. Uh, my third year was like 11th. Oh, okay. So literally. Like, Pretty even spread. Mm-hmm. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> gotcha. So... What would you say is, because I know you also play fantasy football because you beat everybody on the podcast at fantasy football. Uh, You are the champion. Um, What would you say is harder? Is it fantasy baseball or fantasy football? Baseball. And why is that? Mm. Well, obviously, the first thing is that you have to change it every day, which is pretty obvious because football, you do not have to do that. There's days you don't even have to think about it, really. Like, you do, but you don't have to. But So there's that, and then it seems like, I feel like the people who do win more often in fantasy baseball are constantly changing their lineups or, and um, using the waiver wire and getting new players. And for, with baseball, I generally try to stick with the same ones until they get hurt. Um, I don't really wager on like, oh, that guy's really hot right now because I have a player that I know has been really good consistently. So there's, there's that difference, but. That's interesting because I'm the same way in fantasy football. I try and specifically go for players that I know are consistent or have a high probability of remaining consistent as opposed to, you know, the hot rookie or the most sought after QB. I try to go at most positions with a player that just does solidly well every year, even if they're not, you know, top five, I, you know, maybe top 10 or top 12 is what I'm looking for. That's an interesting difference. Um, would you say that making more player pickups seems to have an advantage just because some people seem to know how the streakiness of baseball works or is it, is it, you think it's mostly, it feels more like chance because there are so many players in baseball. Well, some of these guys are really old, so I assume they have some... You mean the other owners that you're playing against? Yeah, so, like, the other guys in my league I'm playing, they're mostly older guys. It's a guy I worked with a few years back that I just keep getting invited through emails to join, and it's the only good and involved league that I've found, so I 
I just I do it every year, even though I never have to see or talk to any of these people. I'm pretty sure they're all twice my age and male. And so I figured they probably know some inside things about baseball and like the streakiness and how all that works that I haven't had the time to really notice or like the longevity of watching it for years and years because I haven't. Or maybe they just have a system that they use. It's not that they know for sure how it works. It's just that they have a feeling and they try to work on the feeling instead of the stats. I feel like with baseball, though, I'm more scared of dropping players to pick up someone who's good right now because there's a good chance you won't get that person back and you don't really have that room on your bench. But with football, I felt like that I always had players that I'm like, I haven't put this guy in my lineup once this year and he's just been sitting here. I can definitely drop him and add this guy who's doing really good and put him in the lineup this week and see what he does. And that worked really well for me last season. So... It's it's I don't feel the same confidence to do that sort of thing with baseball because I don't feel like I have that wiggle room to make a mistake of dropping someone that I need. That's that's interesting you say that because I feel like it would be more just shot in the dark. Like maybe this player will do something today. Maybe this player will do something today. But that makes sense because like we were saying before of the streaky nature of it. I mean, if you have a player who's not doing well, but you know he's a good player it might behoove you to keep him and just sort of ride that streak out if you can, which, I mean, I guess is pretty similar to what real baseball teams have to do. They have to, you know, wait for their players to get the feel of the field or, you know, get back in the groove, so to speak, and things like that. So, well, that's an excellent segue into baseball. Baseball is coming back this week. Uh, Thursday, t- tomorrow is opening day. So, I mean, that's... That's a big deal for a lot of people. A lot of people are baseball fans. I know a lot of you out there probably aren't baseball fans. It's not as big as it used to be. I remember um, being a kid in Colorado in the 90s. Baseball was huge. We had just gotten the Rockies. And it was, I mean, that was a big deal for us. We were, you know, on the national stage now um, for baseball. You know, we obviously already had the, the Broncos around and the Nuggets. But with baseball, it it brings that immediate sense of summer I think like it just as soon as somebody starts talking baseball I'm thinking hot dogs and beer at the stadium walking up concrete steps and being really warm all day and sweaty and oh man I cannot wait I'm really excited to go to the park this year um what about you babe how are you feeling about baseball this year good come on (laughs) Not great. I'm trying to be optimistic. That was optim- That was an optimistic answer. Please explain to everybody. My San Francisco Giants have very hurt pitching staff. So again, so we are very concerned for the season. And I, I, I actually picked up the relief or the the closer um, from the, and I. I'm very con- I'm just very concerned. I'm so concerned. I have no words. She's worried for her Giants, folks. It's understandable. Um, Madison Bumgarner, the Giants ace pitcher, well, Giants former ace pitcher, hasn't played at all. He didn't play at all last year. He got hurt, um, interestingly enough, in Colorado uh, on a dirt bike, like the day before he was supposed to pitch a game that we had tickets to. But, you know, whatever. Um, he didn't play last year because he broke his arm. His... Luck continues to be bad, uh, not quite as bad, but he got hit with a comeback ball um, in the left hand 
during a spring training game earlier in the week, uh, sorry, late last week. And um, he will be out for some time. The hope is that Bumgarner comes back before the All-Star break, which, uh, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. Like, that's the nature of the beast with baseball. There's a, so many games. There's 162 games or whatever it is. And, you know, missing somebody for that long might not be a problem, but missing somebody of that talent level or potential talent level could be a problem. Now, I would like to point out that your Giants are pretty lucky that, you know, they did sign Andrew Cutchin because former Pirate, of course, go Pittsburgh, um, he looks to be having a great year. He's batting, what, 341 or something right now in spring training. He's, I mean, he got rid of the dreadlock, so he looks a little leaner and faster now. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do in a Giants uniform. How do you feel about McCutcheon? He does look really good, so I am excited about that. Um, I'm also excited about Evan Longoria. Oh, right. Uh, former Tampa Bay Ray, right? I believe so. Well, he's a giant now, so I don't I don't know. <laughs> That's all that matters. So other than that, with I just I'm hoping good things. Um I'm hoping Hunter Pence does okay on the opposite side of the field, which so far doesn't look great. He's not used to it yet. I think he hasn't. So Hunter Pence was right field, and now he's playing left field. And he just, because McCutcheon has to play right field. So he's still learning the position. He's getting used to it. He's getting into the groove like we were talking about. I think it's going to be okay. I really do. Um, Outside of that, I think the Houston Astros are probably going to be pretty nasty again this year. Um, Altuve, fortunately, you have on your fantasy team. Altuve is a heck of a player and I'm really excited to see what they can do again this year. Um, most importantly, let's all just remember that any chance that we get, we need to root against the Dodgers because that the Dodgers are not good for anybody. So don't forget that. Um, but what do you think about baseball? What are you guys excited about in the baseball season? I mean, is there something in the baseball season that makes you excited or do you hate baseball? How do you feel about baseball? Call us, text us, email us, let us know, tweet at us. We're totally wondering about how you feel about baseball. Um, Moving forward, I know that there have been some rule changes in baseball this year. Um, None of them are really things that I would say are necessarily super great. I wouldn't say they're bad, but I would say they're not enough. Um, Baseball is working to increase the pace of the game so that, you know, maybe the games don't last quite as long and the fans aren't sitting in the stadium for quite as long ordering quite so much beer. But that's kind of my wondering, uh, kind of my question is, if they increase the pace of the game, doesn't that equal less advertising and concessions dollars for all parties involved? Like, shouldn't they, if anything, be trying to increase how long the games take? And I mean, part of the the spirit of baseball, you know, forgive me for using that argument, but part of the spirit of baseball is that it takes time. It's a pastime. That's why they call it that. It It's supposed to take a long time. I mean, I've still, we've still been to games where, you know, three up, three down every other inning and it's over in two hours. Like, when those games happen, we feel kind of like... Yeah, yeah. Did I just pay for a whole baseball game? Like, I mean, fortunately, Rockies tickets are pretty cheap, um, especially, you know, 
when they're not doing well. Oh, but it's the trip. <laughs> it's also that long trip, a whole hour, but still, it's a long trip. Well, and some people live in Denver, so they don't have to drive quite as far as we do, but, you know. Um, I think, so for me personally, my biggest thing is the umpires and the strike zones. Like, <laughs> we have lasers and computers and stuff. Just just measure that shit with lasers and computers. Put information in front of us that is directly translated from, you know, the batter's box to a computer so that everybody knows what a strike is. Everybody knows what a ball is. There are no more blown calls. And I I hear that argument of, well, you know, what about the human element in baseball and things like that? And I'm to me, the human element in baseball is the players and the coaches and, you know, people arguing with each other. You could still have arguing if everybody knew what a strike and a ball was. You have arguments about all kinds of other stuff. Did the, you know, did the ball hit the ground? Did he make that catch? You know, was the runner tagged? There's plenty of stuff you could still argue about. Just don't make strikes and fouls be one of them. Just just standardize it and have everybody call the same strikes. I That's how I feel about it. What do you think? Agree. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> no, I've, I, I, I really... I feel like all referees and umpires and everybody like it's it's a corrupt system. There's no way they're not a fan of something like I can't say that I would ever, you know, be able to say something against the Giants if I were a referee. Not that I would ever, you know, be able to be an umpire. But like, that's not the point. Like, how do you say something against your favorite team every single time and always stay impartial? I don't think there's a way that you can find those people and not easily. Well, and I mean. Even if, you know, somebody – like, how do you like baseball enough to become an umpire but not have a favorite team? Or, like, how do you like football enough to want to, you know, become a referee but not have a favorite team? How is that even possible? It doesn't make any sense. So I think up until now we've just had this sort of societal blind eye of, like, well, you know, obviously some refs are going to be not perfect. Like, I think it's time to end that. I think it is. Let's get let's get rid of refs. So there's technology somewhere in the world. I I, I want to say it's uh, a European soccer country. I think, but they have the there's a chip that they can sew into the soccer ball that transmits telemetry data and location data to a computer. So the ball always knows where it is on the field. There's no more, did the ball go over the out-of-bounds line? Because the ball will tell you if it went over the out-of-bounds line. Things like that. Let's put those in all of the American sports balls, and then we'll know everything. We'll put those in the footballs, and then we'll know if that guy caught the ball. Also, the NFL, by the way, just updated the catch rule, and it's it's no clearer than it was before. It's still very... It's attempting to be more clarified, but it's really more of just here are three or four conditions, but it doesn't specify if they all have to be met or if just two out of four or one of four. It doesn't specify. It's just, yeah, look up the NFL catch rule and be as mad as I am about it. But if we put these sensors into sports balls, then we'll never have to ask those questions again. Was it a catch? Wasn't it a catch? Was the ball out of bounds? The ball will tell you if it was a catch. The ball will tell you if it was out of bounds. Why is that not part of the game i i there must be some reason and it's got to be drama there has to be 
somebody on the competition committee going, you know, let's not do that because this is more dramatic. It's more dramatic to have the potential for screw-ups and missed calls and things like that. I think that's the only way they could argue against measuring everything in every sport perfectly because now we have the technology to do it and we're not. So I think it has to be pure stubbornness or for the sake of drama. I mean, maybe I'm wrong and bitter, but that's what it feels like to me. So especially, you know, to bring it back to baseball with them trying to increase the pace of the game, it's like, why can't we have meaningful, helpful changes as opposed to these nebulous conceptual changes? Like, well, we want baseball to be faster. Okay, that's very general, very generic. Like, how do you make baseball faster? What if a pitcher decides to stand up there forever? And yes, there is, uh, they have suggested having a pitch clock, like a shot clock in baseball. Once you step on the mound, you only have so much time and you can only step off so many times. It just sounds ridiculous. Like, just let them play the game. It's supposed to take time. Anyways... I don't feel like the real baseball fans are complaining about time. That's also my problem. Is it like the bars? Is it because TV shows can't start soon enough after the games are over? Like, who cares? Like, I just don't understand. Like, if you're a baseball fan and you're paying to see a baseball game, like, I never really understood why the person sitting next to me in the third inning always disappeared and never came back. But for some reason, no matter what game I go to, it does happen. So maybe those people are paying for games and still leaving in the fourth inning because it's already taking too long i'm not sure so i guess that's the question is baseball who are you trying to cater to with these changes is it millennials in particular are you trying to get people to consume the games more and they can't because they're so long i mean maybe but some people are still willing to sit through long-form entertainment i mean there's three-hour movies that come out all the time and people go eat those up so three-hour sporting venues, and that's not even outside of normal. Football games last for an hour of playtime, but there's three hours blocked for them on TV because of all the commercials and all of the timeouts and all of the BS that we have to sit through. Baseball is like comparably timed, but there's less commercials. There is less downtime. Sure, there's more talking, but I just... I don't know. I think it's in a good spot right now. If anything, it shouldn't be shortened. It's just unless they're going to shorten it by making all of the measurements 100% exact. If they did that, I'd be okay. I think they'd still find stuff to argue about because that's what baseball players do. But I don't know. Let us know what you think about baseball and let us know if you're excited to go see some games at Coors Field this year. We will definitely be going to see some Giants-Rockies games. We go every year. Um, Maybe this year we'll get to see the Giants win some of those games. I mean, you know, we can always hope. (laughs) We were used to seeing the Giants win games for a while, but last year was rough. Anyways, um, I think think we're going to wrap it up. Um, Yeah, we're going to call that a show. Um, My name is Jesse, and... I was joined today by my lovely co-host, Joanna. Say goodnight, Joanna. Goodnight, Joanna. Thank you, sweetheart. And like I said, as soon as Josh is out of the water temple, I'm sure he'll be rejoining us along with Kylie. 
And uh, thank you guys for joining me. This is uh, this is a big deal for me. It's my first solo hosting episode, and I'm I was very nervous, and I think it actually went pretty well. Um, I probably talked too fast, but that's okay. That's sort of a thing that I do. Um, before I get out of here, one more time, just hit us up. Let us know what you want to see on the poll. Let us know what music you want to hear on the break. Anything. Just send us a rant. Um, email, Facebook, Twitter. Leave us a voicemail. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us, but figure out how you'd like to do it, and we'd love to hear from you. So until the next time that we speak, remember to be cool to each other. See ya. The Twist My Arm crew thanks you for listening to this episode of the Twist My Arm podcast. The Twist My Arm podcast theme song was written and performed by the Hot Dang Gang. <laughs>